Welcome to episode 32, thoughtfully addressing social and cultural crisis through PR. Welcome to the PR Playbook Podcast with Ranjini Joshua, the only podcast that teaches you how to strategically navigate the world of public relations and social media and grow a powerful brand. Welcome to episode 32. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Mike Johns, founder at Digital Mind State, a creative marketing agency based in Hollywood, California. Hi, Mike. Thank you for joining me today on the PR Playbook Podcast. Thank you for having me. How's everybody doing? Good, good. You know, as good as can be expected with uh, these social and uh, medical climates. (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, so I thought... It would be really interesting. I mean, I think a lot of brands have been tiptoeing around the topics um, that are top of mind lately. So Mm -hmm. I want to first, you know, start this off. I want to talk about um, addressing social issues with PR. But first, I'd love to talk about a little bit more about your background so we can get a little bit of behind the scenes look at who you are and understand your role kind of in marketing and media. Absolutely. So... Uh, Digital Mindset, we're a creative agency that focuses in on both small and large organizations in terms of furthering growth and development, activations. We specialize in working with startup operations and then with established businesses. You know, the name of the game for us is tech is only as good as the people that use it. And we sit at this intersection between technology and entertainment. We really have a a solid uh, footprint there, and that has expanded even further in terms of education as well as working with uh, establishing smart cities. So we have our hands filled, but it starts off heavy in terms of entertainment. So again, we sit at that intersection between tech and entertainment, and because of that and the, the, the dynamics of what we do, that has spiraled into other arenas such as education and then uh, working with smart cities. Yeah, no, I think uh, actually, you know, you're talking about entertainment and I think that is a catalyst um, and an area, especially for today's social discussion, especially like in the hip hop industry and other entertainment areas where you see a lot of mixed cultures. I think one of the things that is really important today, and this is for tech brands, entertainment brands, any any lifestyle brands, really, mm-hmm. um, is how to mindfully consider social climate while you're doing PR and marketing. You know, do you yeah. talk about it? Do you not talk about it? We've seen a lot of media and consumer brands take a stance on today what's happening in, in the media. And I guess I wanted to talk more about how do you determine what's the right approach for your brand and what you should and shouldn't say, you know, when, when we're, when we're, you know, rethinking our marketing plans, um, when big news hits, like things like George Floyd. And I mean, there's a, there's so many things I can think of right now, but, um, you mm-hmm. know, what, what do, what should brands think about when they're thinking about becoming a little bit more socially conscious and fitting their messages to what's happening in the news? Absolutely. That's a good question. You know, in this, in these times, you know, I, I look at the world as, and I've been preaching this. Once upon a time, it was BC stood for before Christ, and AD was the year of the Lord. Well, that's now been remixed to BC stands for before coronavirus, and AD is replaced with AC, 
meaning after coronavirus. Yeah. And uh, in these times, I think the the two mother pearls of them all is how authentic are you and are you trustworthy? To me right now, trust is the new goal. As we're looking at it, we're in a time where uh, I think polls have it. If you look at millennials, their trust with government, their trust with the police, uh, this has been shattered, right? Um, and it goes well beyond just the millennials. But that trust factor is the new goal. Being authentic, um, and this is what I say, especially as we talk about, uh, you know, these times and looking at Black Lives Matter. If you didn't have a message that was in line with Black Lives Matter, and now you're jumping on the bandwagon, your customers can see that. And, and I, or I like to say the people formerly known as the customers, because now with data at their fingertips, you can kind of now even make a judgment call yourself. That's not, I didn't know uh, Crest toothpaste like that. Now they're involved in social activism. Right. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> when did that happen? So you, you want to be mindful to, to answer your question, how authentic, how authentic are you being with the message? What is the truth of that message? And how is this also, how, how is this being aligned with the word trust? Because again, trust is the goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've seen, I mean, obviously, I feel like Nike is, is a, a, you know, obviously a, a cultural icon. And so yes. they're obviously commenting on it. They're, they're winning right now, right? Totally. So they're totally winning. They're the best example that we have. And, and I mean, there's some others that could actually come into line. But when I said Crest Toothpaste taking a role in activism, you know, I, I just use that as an example. But when you throw Nike, so if they decide to take on Black Lives Matter or uh, domestic violence, abuse against women. Well, it makes sense because they've already had a social presence, right? So the the authenticity is already checked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, exactly. They've they've already marked that box. I mean, as a a brand as big as Nike, who's done so many things, obviously, they get get a lot of coverage. But um, what about, what about like when you're talking about smaller brands? I think one of the things that I think people need to be clear about is there are negative impacts like you said, of not being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't, and especially with us working with startup companies, yes. you don't want to make that mistake because the VC that you talk about, and this is actually kind of leads into another kind of funding question, but the VCs that you're talking to, the investors that you're talking to, you know, how that all the messaging that you put out plays into the way they see you as a potential investment, a brand. And I guess, um, and then this might be a tricky question to answer Mm -hmm. on the spot, but it's, how do you, how do you navigate that? What is the safe play to make, but while still being true to your brand? That that's a good, yeah, that is a good question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like that. Uh, thinking on the feet here. So with that, um, you know, it's kind of like you're going to, there's going to be the gut feeling, you know, and I, I go back to that, toothpaste analogy where, yeah, that might be Crest toothpaste. And if they uh, mess up on that campaign, they have the money to do damage control. Whereas a startup, that may not be the case. That might be the ship sunk. But the premise still remains the same where what does that gut instinct look like? 
how authentic are we being? So if it's a startup product that's a lifestyle brand to uh, some sort, you you name it. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's really going to depend on the product and what the, the mission statement of that product is. I could, I could use certain lifestyle brands that actually are environmentally, environmentally friendly versus some products that are specific to a, some solving a problem. Right. Well, that one, there's going to be, so you're gauging a little bit different. The one that's focused on lifestyle or focused on the environment, there could be a play and an angle for them to deviate into uh, a social or some sort of activism sure. uh, campaign. Whereas a product that's specific to a particular call to action, uh, it, it may be hard for Firestone tires to get involved. <laughs> right. how, do they, how do they paint that picture? Whereas Lee jeans, Levi jeans, right? I can tell that story with Levi jeans because a person of all walks of life wear these jeans right a person of all walks of life wear these shoes so the story could be told that way but for the firestone tires we you know there could be a different degree of creativity needed right right yeah absolutely i see your point i think yeah i mean i think this is a really interesting area to tread around i know a lot will play with a lot will play not to cut you off but i think it will depend on the product that will then make the can we how far can we go what 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 is our social campaign looking like yeah and you know a lot of the companies that we are talking to too they already have a tricky thing they're already trying to navigate around coronavirus and we were already navigating product launches around this, you know, this epidemic or pandemic that's, you know, plagued the entire world. Now we have this new element um, and it's not new, I guess it's just a, an element that's been highlighted and, and risen up. And so now everyone's trying to figure out, okay, where do I play in the coronavirus thing? Where do I play in the social conversation? And, you know, and people are still, I mean, this happens to everyone and this is what we call, you know, newsjacking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in PR is like, they try to piggyback off what's going on in the news. And I feel like there's like a, a proper way to do it. And like you said, maybe, maybe the thing is, is this authentic to your mission and values, your brand statement overall? Right. Have you guys had to have any kind of adjustment? Like how, how have you, and I know you guys have done a lot of, you guys do a lot of creative work, like you said, in the entertainment space. Mm-hmm. Have you, how have you at Digital Mindset incorporated incorporated today's current events into your business or into the way you guys work or into your creative outlets um, for your clients? Have you, have you had to do that for anyone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's, there's a couple of things that I'll say here to, to your last comment. I'll start with newsjacking. I love that, that phrase, newsjacking. <laughs> and I almost look at that kind of like it's, it's no different than when I'm sure your listeners have heard of uh, P. Diddy or Sean Combs. And when he came on the scene, what was he known for? What was he scrutinized for? Right. Sampling. Yeah. Sampling is newsjacking. And all of a sudden, (laughs) sampling became its own art form. And I'd look at, you know, when I, when I look at newsjacking, I think it, it, it's, it goes hand in hand with the times that we're in. And it's already cemented by what King Solomon already said. There's nothing new under the sun. If 
Donald Trump does X, Y, and Z, CBS and NBC and ABC, the traditional outlets, they're all reporting on the same thing just in the so-called old school traditional formats. The new school version of that is someone taking what you did and spicing it up that fits the bill for the audience that they're going for. And so that's where I look at sampling, where it's like to a, a different audience sampling might be like what the hell is that that's not even music um to someone else like hey there's some create there was actually some creativity in this creative genius that went behind that yeah you've created something new uh you're going on an uncharted territory so that's what i look at with newsjacking where and you see that uh heavily in the entertainment tabloids whether it's a tmz uh you know they set the trends but then other outlets uh, underneath them will take bits and pieces of what TMZ did to paint the picture to the paint the narrative to the audience that they serve. And I think that's just creative the, back to the sampling where it's this new creative art form. And now we're more and more into this era of low yield, low production, high yield. Right. And so we're seeing that, you know, technology has made it where the little kid in Iowa can make a video and it gets more views than the Hollywood produce production. Probably a good example of this would be Tico. So my son, he loves Fortnites. And I think there's the song fishy on me. And this song has over 45 million views and it it played in this game. Uh Um, And the guy made other songs. All of his songs are in the million. And yet the average singer doesn't have these type of view counts. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I don't, I've never heard of this person. Yeah. So it's like, if you type in YouTube and just type in fishy on me, it's like the song is, the the, the words don't even make sense, but it's so catchy. But that's a part of this uh, low production, high yield. And the high yield is when you see the view counts. Right. And that's, we we live in a economics society so like your worth is based yeah your worth is based on the likes you can tell a lot uh, about the brand based on the likes that yeah. at, at least on the superficial surface right right yeah that's a, i mean that's a really good point um that's crazy yeah it's, it's kind of like a new it's a new world <laughs> yes it, yeah to your point that is the subject here it is a new world news news jacking wasn't done in the eras of walter cronkite and Diane Sawyer and all that. That's so that's a new thing that's ha- has emerged. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I support it. It's it's but it's being as creative as possible in that space. Do you think there's any times where or I'm sure there is, but what, what do you think are times where people should refrain from newsjacking? So I think when you're doing so in the in the world of content, uh clearly this is a content discussion. Ideally you want to be original piece content that's the perfect word if you could just be all original but the other side of that is to have news jacking coupled with original content that's sexy yeah so i think that that it's a balance and and the news jacking becomes uh original right it it actually becomes an original that this is a part of the creativity those people there reported the news i jacked the news put a, a different twist to it then it becomes this original piece to the viewer's eye. And you couple that with very original pieces, there, you know, there's a remedy to that. 
Right. That that's a solution. That, that that's a part of the new world that we're in. And TMZ, the TMZ is a great example of this. Yes. Yeah. ushered in a new world. I mean, I think what I'm hearing from our conversation today is creativity. You know, content is king. Used to be the big yeah. thing, and I think now it's creativity is king. It's a combination of content, entertainment, authenticity. It's getting complicated. It's very complicated. I mean, when we look at uh, any one piece of content, you know, I'm dealing with clients that we can repurpose old content. So some of the comedians that we work with, we're literally just, uh, rather than them create new content, let's repurpose some of the old, monetize that. So when you look at content offering, you have to look at what vertical you're going on and what other verticals can you go on. And that's just in terms of content creation to distribution. Then there's the content promotion. So that same long form content, you know, I could make a short form of that and distribute it on various pipelines, be it Instagram. I can make a shorter version of that if it's a podcast and, hey, I'm going to make an audiogram. Um, So this is where it gets very sophisticated because the methods of madness for uh, uh, social media platforms such as Instagram has a different dynamics than a LinkedIn, than a Twitter, than a TikTok. So that's an important piece to have mastered once you have, that's an important piece to master in terms of social promotion, just as much as the content and where this content, the content distribution is going. Okay. So I feel like, you know, based on what you're saying, what, what really you need to do is kind of figure out what strategic content is going to fit you best and then be able to chop it up a little bit for different things. So what do you think maybe as a takeaway today is maybe the like single one or two, I guess, single or double (laughs) most important things when you're, creating or deciding to create some kind of content, what is really like the one or two best tips that you can give for what they should be considering before they go into this? Oh, absolutely. Um, That's a good question. Here's your answer. Who is your audience and why? And then if you're really business savvy, who is your advertiser and why? Those are the two questions. That's the game right there. I can drop the mic on that. <laughs> and it's such a basic question that forces you to think because you, you you almost think that, hey, I build and they will come. No. Who is your audience? Point to your audience. Identify your audience. It might be in your head, but you have to spell that out. And then who is your advertiser and, and the why? Why are they watching? Attention is the new currency. And um, in this attention economy, you, you need to clearly spell out why are they going to watch your content or, uh, yeah, be be moved by your content. Why are you worthy of me watching your content, which should be asked, followed by uh, who would advertise with me? Right. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, I love that. Intention is currency. Yes. That's really important to take away from this. So that's really cool. Thank you. Okay, so I I think we could have covered a few different topics. I'm sure we can keep going, but uh, we want to keep this short and sweet. 
Thank you again, Mike, for joining us today. Um, if you want to get in touch with Digital Mind State, can you give us a quick shout out where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. We're available online, digitalmindstate.com, or you can find us on LinkedIn. Um, I'm one, I have my bias with social media. It's That's a, like another conversation. It's almost in the conspiracy realm, but um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me direct, you can find me also on LinkedIn. Um, that's a, a, an arena that we do play in. Yeah. So because we're a creative agency, we tend to operate a little bit in stealth mode. We're behind the scenes. Um, so we don't really have too many of the social media plugs, but we right. are on LinkedIn. Awesome. Okay. Well, just remember, um, I think the, one of the big takeaways from today was, um, if you are going to be part of a social conversation, make sure it's closely aligned with your brand vision and your message. So it's authentic. Um, and also, you know, be more creative with content. I think again, um, attention is currency. So I think I love that. That definitely should be, um, something that we keep in mind as we're creating content moving forward. And I know sometimes we can kind of, I would even add to that. Yeah, I'm going to add to that phrase since you're using it. Attention (laughs) is the new currency. Eyeballs are the distribution. Got it. Yeah. And that's, that's what, you know, as a content creator, one should think, you know, so there's a couple of things that you're thinking of. One, who's the audience and why? Who's the advertiser and why? When I'm creating this, how will it get from the creation to go viral? What are, what are, the, what are the mechanics? How do I, you know, I always look at artists, especially with music videos. Now that you create the video, now what? How do you go from one view to 10 million views? Have you yeah. thought about that? And I don't think it needs to be complicated either, right? Like it's right. very direct. It's just answering those simple questions and then sticking to them. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. Awesome. Well, if you guys want to talk to Digital Mind today and his team, we will have the contact information in our show notes as usual. Of course, we can please send questions and suggestions to podcast at thesilvertelegram.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.